Linda Pinizzato. She's not your typical realtor. She's your real estate counselor, teacher, and advisor. Whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. Hi, and welcome back. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato at The Condo Expert, sponsored by Bayshore Health and Wellbeing and powered by the Hayes FM. We are speaking today to Al Carbone. He is the owner and operator of Kit Kat Restaurants in the downtown Toronto core. Now, interesting, he is, um, he, he's amazing. He's an amazing person because he stepped forward. He recognizes the problems in the downtown district and he created Save Restaurant Row. It's S-A-V-E Restaurant, R-E-S-T-A-U-R-A-N-T-R-O-W dot com. Please take a look at it and definitely support Al. I've got Al right on the line right now. And Al, you know, we were chatting about the different problems now with, with the fact that um, we have counselors that are trying to impose new legislation for restaurants. So, mm-hmm. and how bad that's going to be for the neighborhood and all restaurants, quite frankly, in that entire Trinity Spadina in the whole East Council area. And it's all downtown, Linda, and it'll spread to, as far as Scarborough, probably, as a new bylaw. Toronto East York is recommending that the city council, July the 16th, approve it. And then after, the industry will be in large and big trouble. So, you know, a lot of these type of things happen. And, and interesting, I know that they uh, sometimes, like I'm the uh, president, actually, of one of the condo buildings downtown, and I haven't heard one word about this. I mean, it never came out to our building at all. A lot of these bylaws are uh, just swept under the carpet and no one uh, no one pays any attention to it. So I'm... no one knows. People would know. If people would know, they would, uh, you know, maybe say something about it. But well, it's hard when, when you have like 30 days to recommend uh, a policy. Well, not only that, I think that because it's relating to restaurants, chances are that they're not mandated to send out notifications to all the area residents. Well, even when they send a, a notification to a condo, for example, or a building coming up in the neighborhood, it's only within 120 meters. So that notification doesn't go far enough or soon enough. And then I have to admit, we've got way too much apathy with uh, residents and condo owners. I mean, even the Toronto City uh, Review regarding the Condo Act has shown a very poor response from the uh, people in the neighborhood. I'm, like, overwhelmed at how poor it was. Well, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of condos that are rented, and it's a transient market. They're here for 60 days or 90 days or a year, maybe two years, but they don't get involved in the community. They're using the condo for their purposes, and it's a short-term or a medium-term, and it's not community-based. They move out. They have a child or two, and they move out. They 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 go to a suburb, and that uh, gridlock's only going to get worse. So, with no proper infrastructure. 
so chances are that because of this transiency going on within like the immediate core, then it's actually allowing the City of Toronto and certainly the uh, Toronto East York Council to pretty much go do whatever they want to do. Well, you know, Section 37 dollars for the city councillor stays in his ward. It doesn't get spread out to other wards. Like if you look at some of the trees are falling apart, some of the sidewalks are falling apart, all the potholes. Now, now sure, you can blame it on, on heavy vehicles, building condos, and then narrowing lanes and construction sites are causing traffic jams or stoppage. It, it's all of that. No one's working together. They should have, like, off-duty police officers directing traffic at certain intersections. We, we suggested that, and now they have one at the corner of King and Spadina because of the streetcars are all jammed up. There's 14 cars, 15 cars, 17 cars, back-to-back, and they go in a circle from King Street onto Spadina to Adelaide onto Charlotte. And every time it makes that bend on Charlotte and King, it's such a loud screeching noise. I don't know why the residents aren't complaining about that. Something should be done. It's it's a. I sat at one of the restaurant patios the other night, and I, I think it was 10:30 in the evening, and I had all these streetcars making the screeching sound. Wow. So I don't know how people sleep through that. Well, I think maybe what needs to be done is like people need to contact their local councillor Adam Vaughn and find out exactly what he's doing about it. If he's the one that's sitting on. $60 million plus of Section 37 monies, and none of these monies are being used to provide benefits to the local area. There's like, something wrong with that picture. Yeah, uh, the, this money is being collected for downtown, from downtown. The developers, first of all, are getting getting away with uh, a gift as, uh, as far as development fees. For what they're getting in return and what they're giving are two different stories. I don't know who's negotiating, but uh, like Rob Ford might say, it's extortion to a developer, but still the developer fees are, are the lowest in the, in the province. Well, you know, they, uh, they've they had reviews. They're doing Condo Act reviews. They're doing condominium reviews in places like New York and Arizona, you know, down in the States and working together. I mean, last week I had uh, Randy Lippert, who's the professor with the University of Windsor. He's received uh, funding in order to do a three-year study with respect to condominiums in Toronto. And basically, he's going to, he's looking for condo owners and condo directors to get sort of insight and information. But, you know, when you look at these type of thing, and I think that that's tr- tremendous, I think it's really beneficial, but it is a three-year process. And that's why we need people to step forward and start making their comments today. Because in three years from now, if they think they got problems today, can you just imagine if people don't do anything? Well, it's only a study, and and it's going to cost millions of dollars. And after that, they're going to say, we don't have the money to do this study. Well, in in Toronto, I mean, I think that the uh, city council, if that's their mission now is to do this so-called study. Like, even if you look, even if you look at the websites, okay, like... I was actually reviewing, because you're pretty much involved with trying to support heritage buildings and all of your initiatives are to stop the condo development at 321 and 2333 King Street West, because Westaround Woe will be literally gone. I, I, I try to stop the domino effect, not the other application from 309 to 319, which abuts that uh, first project is uh, the applications in. 
and and the whole area, the whole neighborhood, the, the whole block is one of the few heritage properties that can exist in the neighborhood or or in Toronto. Well, as you know, I mean, my background, I've been a realtor for 33 years. And as a real estate agent, I mean, I, I can actually see where we're going. I can see the problem is, is that we're, we're getting much lighter on the square footage. I mean, I'm getting calls from clients who have units that they've bought a year, two years ago, not through me, because I would probably, I would not be recommending them to move forward with this, but they bought in the hope to resell on assignments. So I really think that there's going to be a lot of assignments hitting the table. But the problem is, is that we're talking about suites now that are like, you know, 445 square feet. I mean, I know that there's even some there that are going to be on King Street that they're talking about 345, 400 square feet. That's a hotel room. So they're renting them out as hotel rooms for short term. And they don't add to the neighborhood. They don't add to the community. It's just the developers making a lot of money and not paying for the damage it's creating, and, the development and, charges. Well, the other thing, too, is that these square footages, they don't include uh, the living space of that square footage. They're actually inside the walls. So when people are buying 400, they're actually buying 350. So I guess if they're buying 350, they're probably buying 320. Yeah, yeah. You know, the other thing that blows me away is that the city council is trying to protect heritage grass at the University of Toronto campus, heritage grass but they won't protect heritage buildings. So it's kind of a joke to spend eight hours eight hours discussing and debating whether it should be astroturf or, or heritage grass. But when it comes to heritage buildings, they just say, let's keep the facade and tear it down. It doesn't matter. So I'm really surprised that the Heritage Society aren't stepping in on all of this, or are they stepping in? But well, there's a conflict. I believe some of the people that are on the Council for Heritage Community District, they don't care about it either. They're just doing what the local council wants to do in that neighborhood. Well, if, if I take your neighborhood, like 321 to 333, from what I understand that the condo developer initially approached the city and they were planning on building a 39-story condo. But then that was denied. But then next thing you know, they drew up another subsequent plan, and that one was up to 47 stories. Now, 47 how you... stories, and that was approved. And, and that was 30, approved. 37 pages of problems just disappeared, whether it was the heritage, the wind, or the shadows, or separation. He bought another building next door, which was at 321 King Street, and all the problems disappeared. Adam Vaughn says, we forced them to buy it. How can you force somebody to buy something and from 200 units go to 300 units? Force me to a situation like that. And and uh, the development fees in Section 37 is, is nothing, you know? Exactly. Well, you know, they also had, I mean, there was a beautiful nightlife in that whole neighborhood. Uh, it's all gone. It's all gone. I know, I remember I used to go down. There, there were 100 nightclubs, now there's only uh-huh. half a dozen if that. Well, I think there's also another uh, website that you reference on your restaurantrow.com website, uh, saverestaurantrow.com website called Club Zone. Yes. And That'll tell you all the bars that were shut down. Wow. It just, it goes, I'm actually on it right now and I'm looking at it and I'm overwhelmed. I mean, like, why on earth? You know, it's really funny is, is because you talk about health and wellness. You know, health and wellness is, is keeping a balanced life. 
you know, it's not working 247 or sitting on your computer 247. I mean, it's, it's about getting out and enjoying yourself. And there's a little bit of a double whammy here because think about this for a moment. Okay. If people are out enjoying nightlife, enjoying restaurants, enjoying entertainment, then they're not sitting at home using up all the electricity, right? Yeah. Keeping people out there and interacting with one another will probably actually save on the um, stress that, you know, all of this uh, electricals, the power stations are experiencing because people have nowhere to go. They have to be at home. Well, Their enjoyment the is of, looking at computers and televisions. Well, one, and, one of the biggest problems downtown with all that nightlife that used to exist, the transit system didn't work. The subway system didn't work. They closed at one thirty downtown. And the bars are open till 2. The staff gets out at 3.30. And uh, the patrons are all over the place fighting for a cab. Cabs don't want to pick them up. That's right, too. That's right, so because they couldn't there, get there back. There was, you know, streetcars that wasn't convenient. Like it takes a staff member, one of my staff members that lives in Scarborough that works at our restaurant, over two hours to get home on a weekend. If we stay late and uh, he misses his uh, subway ride, he has to take a bus on Young Street to Finch, switch buses at Finch, and then carry on, and it takes him like two hours. Wow. And they work hard. No, you know, Al, you've got a really strong point there, because, you know, the problem is, is that, again, we're talking about city representatives, so now... Who's talking to one another? We've got the planning department, the building department, the transportation, the department that deals with infrastructure. Maybe what they need to have is actually a meeting with one another and put all their cards on the table and try to find, you know, we've got a Rubik's Cube here that cannot ever work. Well, what happens? The counselor overrides all these decisions. The planning department say no. Then after he makes them go back to the drawing board and make it work. So we have a serious situation with there's whether or too not... Much, too much power and there's too many counselors. The council should be reduced to half. Well, I think that there's actually a meeting that's uh, going to be happening. Maybe we can talk about that uh, in a few minutes. I'm just going to break. It's uh, Linda Pinizzato here at the Condo Expert, sponsored by Bayshore Health and Wellbeing, powered by the Hayes FM, and we'll be right back. Linda Pinizzato. She's not your typical realtor. She's your real estate counselor, teacher, and advisor. Whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at LindaPinizzato.com. <laughs> 